All right. Well, I stand here today with a, you might want to let the teachers know, I may not go that long, we'll see. But um, a lot of times the discussion actually lasts longer than the sermon sometimes when I'm up here. Because I've said that I don't want to go longer than about 25 minutes. However, I'm going to try to get through the first chapter of Deuteronomy. But I will not be preaching in such a way that Bruce has taught, because we all have heard Bruce's uh, teaching on Deuteronomy, yet we now have more experience behind us since he has taught us in the book of Deuteronomy. So it's interesting that this is a book above the others as far as the Torah is concerned that actually summarizes what has happened. I know as I was studying to prepare for this teaching, I came across various church fathers and some of the rabbis talking about what Deuteronomy meant to them or how it was prepared, and they talked about the meaning behind Deuteronomy and the word itself. And it, Deuteronomy, the, the word itself is defined as the second law. Um, <clears throat> Some have tried to interpret it differently than all the others, but at the same time, I think it's a summary. And uh, you'll see through the experiences as we go through this book that Moses expounds on it. And that's also explained in a few verses in this first chapter as well. I've always loved Deuteronomy. We read it, I think, just a few years ago whenever... uh, It's been read by various people in the congregation when we've read it chapter by chapter, which um, was a blessing to me to hear it all in one context. So again, this is probably one of my favorite um, books in the whole Bible. As I was listening to Bruce's teaching on Deuteronomy, he, he parallels Deuteronomy to the book of Romans. You know, he's talking, the scriptures talk about Israel in the whole of Deuteronomy and what they should be doing. Well, in the book of Romans, the Christians there um, are brought in with God's people, and it's a rich testimony in and of itself. I know for me, as I was listening to J. Vernon McGee and I was listening to Billy Graham, I listened to them over and over, and I love to hear their voices and their words. The one thing that I find missing in a lot of churches is the Torah and the words of God and how to live out His words and create that relationship. J. Vernon McGee even talks about Deuteronomy in such a way that he says that people aren't putting God's word into practice. Well, God's word today in the church is sometimes told that you don't need to live by the Torah. But J. Vernon McGee, I, I love talking to pastors, I love him, and then I go, you know, he, he taught to do the word of God, to follow the laws of God. And I'll, I'll revert back to Deuteronomy, and I'll point him in the direction of the first chapter where he talks about it, um, because they, they highly esteem J. Vernon McGee so much. So I love the fact that God has given us his Torah and created a relationship and showing us how to live, because without it, as a therapist... <clears throat> A lot of people don't create boundaries and don't understand each other whenever they enter into a relationship. But if they'll have a discussion 
and understand what each person is to do in the relationship, that relationship flourishes so much more. And so Deuteronomy actually does just that. It summarizes, if you guys like reading books, I love Deuteronomy summarizes the rest of the Torah. And then if you understand when they're talking about certain aspects, you may know how to flip back and get a bigger understanding of what Deuteronomy is saying. So before I begin, I also want to say, <clears throat> I already said, I'm not going to teach it the way Dr. Stokes taught it. Because if you guys need, we could get you, if you have a USB drive, we can get you his teachings and his expository teaching from Deuteronomy itself. But what I'm going to do is reflect on my own life and maybe perhaps what the disciple centers went through during this process of looking back, because that's exactly what Deuteronomy does. Looks back over the last 38 to 40 years of Israel in the, in the desert, in the Sinai. <clears throat> so let's get started. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1. These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel across the Jordan in the wilderness, in the Arabah opposite Suf, between Padam and Tophel and Laban and Hazaroth and Dizahab. Stop there because if you don't know, and a lot of us don't see certain things in between the, the scriptures, The, the rabbis and the early church fathers, they all point to this. Each one of these cities that is spoken of here are places where God was tested by the people. So the people tested God at that point, and it wasn't good for them. But that's where it, it points to it right there, if you know each one of these places. Just so you know, if you guys want to go back, <clears throat> I'll point out a few of them for you. It says, put on... That you can find in Numbers 13.26. And Hazaroth you can find in Numbers 12, where Miriam and Aaron actually tested him in the desert. So there's more meaning than just behind what's uh, pointed to here, because these are areas where they grew, right? When we're tested and we trust in God, we grow in our relationship. So that's what it's talking about here. In verse 2, says, It is eleven days' journey from Horeb by the way of the Mount of Seir to Kadesh Barnea. <clears throat> In the fourteenth year, or fortieth year, of the first day of the eleventh month, Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all the Lord had commanded him to give to them. After he had defeated Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth and Edri. Across the Jordan in the land of Moab, Moses undertook to expound this law, saying, pause there. He took this Torah, he took the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and they've had this whole experience in the desert. He can expound on it at this point. How many of us go through life knowing what God tells us and we get to a point and it gets tough because it would be easier to just go the other way. But if we trust in God, we can actually see His blessings. You see, he, He's went 38 years and He can expound on what's going on and why God gives us 
the instructions to live by within his Torah. <clears throat> so, let's go on to the setting in between 6 and 21. It says, The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. So, in other words, we're about to take off. Turn and set your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites, to all their neighbors in the Arabah, in the hill country and in the lowland and in the Negev and by the sea coast and the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, he's telling the story of what they've already went through. See, I have placed the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give you to give to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to them and their descendants after them. I spoke to you at that time, saying, I am not able to bear the burden of you alone. The Lord your God has multiplied you, and behold, you are this day like the stars of heaven in in number. Pause right there, because growing up, I always thought that Israel wouldn't reach that number until the coming day of Messiah. But right here in this passage, it points to they were just like the stars in heaven. Amazing to me that when I read through it year after year, I'm like, oh, they did reach that point where they were like the stars in heaven. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousandfold more than you are and bless you just as he has promised you. Okay, so these are all blessings and what a way to go. And how can I alone bear the load and burden of you and your strife? Choose wise and discerning and experienced men from your tribes, and I will appoint them as your heads. If you recall, see, this is telling a brief story of a bigger story if you go back into the the scriptures where Moses was tired and his his father-in-law recommended, hey, you need to break these down. You're going to wear yourself out. But again, this is a brief summary of that story. You answered me and said, The things which you have said to do is good. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise and experienced men, appointed them heads over you, leaders of thousands and of hundreds and of fifties, of tens and officers for your tribes. Then I charged your judges at that time, saying, Hear the cases between your fellow countrymen and judge righteously between a man and his fellow countrymen of the alien who is or the alien who is with them. You shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You shall not fear man, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you, you shall bring to me, and I will hear it. I command you at that time all the things that you should do. So he basically, I told you how to judge these cases. In arresting that, You break it down there, our justice system is very similar to what this is laid out right here. And some people say we're not a Judeo-Christian country. Well, it follows a similar structure. Um, Going on in 19. Then we set out from Horeb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness, which you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites. So it wasn't a really nice path says it's terrible, horrible wilderness. And we came to Kadesh Barnea. I said to you, 
You have come to the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is about to give us. See, the Lord your God has placed the land before you. Go up, take possession, as the Lord the God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be dismayed. They had seen all these wonders. They had been taken out of Egypt. They had seen the water that was came out of the rock. They had conquered several areas already in war. But yet, what happens? These people continue to test God. I don't think it's so far to say that even I at times, struggle to trust and know that He's going to get me through. You know, there's been times where I'm not sure if I have a job. And I start to get anxious. Over the past year, I had that happen. It's interesting. I've had it happen in the past, but over the past year, I was like, Karen and I were okay. It's all right. All right, I'll put out some job applications. But I'm not worried about it. My attitude changed because I started to trust in Him even more. And I tell you what, looking back throughout the years, I've learned so much here. And because I start to trust more, my anxiety goes away. I think the interesting piece is, as you look back, you can see the testimony and give testimony to God in your own lives. We can give testimony to God at the Disciple Center. He can continues to bless us. I don't think there's been a time over the past 10 years where somebody hasn't been pregnant. We continue. We just had one today, which was great. A baby dedication. We're very blessed in that way. We're growing in that way. So Moses reminds them of what God told them they should do, even after seeing all the miracles that had happened. But the people themselves, once again, test and they are reminded, as Moses tells them in verse 22, or reminds them of what happened in verse 22. It says, Then all of you approached me and said, Let us send men before us. <clears throat> Let me send men before us, um, that they may search out the land for us and bring back to us the word of the way by which we should go up and the cities which we shall enter. The things pleased me, and I took twelve of your men, one from each tribe. Then they turned and went up into the hill country, and came to the valley of Eshcol and spied it out. Then they took some of the fruit of the land in their hands, and brought it down to us. And they brought us back a report, and said, "It, It is a good land which the Lord our God is about to give us. I um, I think sometimes about that and how raising my daughters is such a blessing. Yet, when I see them and I tell them, you know what, if you do what I say, you'll get a treat. And a lot of times I think I'm similar because God will say, follow my ways and you'll be blessed. But sometimes Rebecca will say, I, I want to see what my what my gift is going to be. What, what will I promise? What, is it worth it? Right? I do that at the dinner table all the time with them. Finish your vegetables or finish your food and you'll get a treat. I have taught them enough and I've done that enough where they just go for the treat not needing to see it. 
Sometimes we go through true life trials, and they're hard. But when we've walked with God enough, we know that the blessings are going to be there in the end. But he goes on to say in verse 26, Yet you were not willing to go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you grumbled in your tents and said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go up? Our brethren have made our hearts melt, saying, The people are bigger and taller than we. The cities are large and fortified to heaven. And besides, we saw the the sons of Anakim there. Then I said to you, Do not be shocked, nor fear them. The Lord your God goes before you. Before you will heal will himself fight on your behalf, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes, and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as a man carries his son in all the way which he you have walked until you came to that place. But for all this you did not trust the Lord your God, who goes before you on your way to seek out place a place for you to encamp in fire by night and cloud by day, to show you the way in which you should go. Then the Lord heard the sound of your words, and he was angry, and took an oath and saying, Not one of these men, this evil generation, shall see the good land which I swore to give your fathers. Except Caleb the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him and to his son, I will give the land on which he has set foot because he has followed the Lord fully. Remember, he's just telling them about how they went up, they spied it out, it was good, there was great fruit, there was great wheat, it was wonderful, that's the promised land God promised. Well, Caleb came back and told the truth, and enough of them actually got the rest of the congregation to go against them, saying, these guys are huge! But Caleb had a faith, so he gets to go in. 37. The Lord was angry with me also in my account, saying, Not even you shall enter there. I'm going to pause right there because there's enough, and I want this recorded in case somebody hears me out in internet land. Um, pastors, Moses didn't get to go in, and Bruce and um, the... You know, I talked about J. Vernon McGee and some rabbis point this out as well. Pastors are held to a higher accountability. Moses didn't get to go in. Even though he was angry at the people, he didn't follow God's word at that point when he struck that rock twice. Symbolically, right? Yet, he didn't do what God said. And God told him to strike the rock. He didn't say twice. And so he doesn't get to go in and... So he's held accountable for that. Going on though, it says, Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall enter there. Encourage him, for he will cause Israel to inherit it. Moreover, your little ones, who you said would become a prey, and your sons, who this day have no knowledge of good or evil, shall enter there, and I will give it to them, and they shall possess it. God worked on their heart. 
right? So, and those people kept saying, well, you're gonna, they're going to come back and kill us. And they're going to actually kill our sons and daughters. Right there, Moses is pointing out, your faith didn't get you into the promised land, but I will deliver your sons and your daughters to the promised land. Sometimes I wonder if my heart and my ways are in such a way that I don't get my full blessing. I pray that my children will walk with a deeper faith than I and will receive more blessings. And that's what God's saying here. You're not going to go into the promised land, but your children will. The promise will be delivered still, even though you have to send them out into the desert until the next generation. But as for you, turn around and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Then you said to me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will indeed go up and fight just as the Lord our God commanded us. And every man, if you girded on his weapons of war and regarded it as easy to go up into the hill country. I love this picture right here. I do. This is me and this is my children all the time. Here's a promise. I will bless you. And you just have to trust me and do it. And I say, I'm okay where I'm at. Leave me alone. Well, then you're not going to get the blessing. That's okay. I I don't need it. And then if it's taken away, I really want it. Please give it back to me. I'll go now. God's saying, no, you're done. It's interesting. I've done, I take these scriptures, I apply them to my life now. I use them on my children and I see it in front of me. God's word, I love it because he actually gives us instructions by his stories. And if I use them on my children, I can parallel them later and tell them what just happened. And I do it all the time. Rebecca, you're not getting this. But you know what? That's what happened to the people in Israel. Next time, trust me, I promise you'll get that blessing. I promise you'll get that treat. And I'm paralleling it to the scripture. And I also tell her that they didn't get it, right? I need to be honest. I need to be completely open with them, with her. Then you said to me, we have sinned against the Lord. We will indeed go up and fight, just as the Lord our God commanded us. And every man of you girded on his weapons of war and regarded it as easy to go up into the hill country. And the Lord said to me, say to them, do not go up nor fight. For I am not among you, otherwise you will be defeated before your enemies. So I spoke to you, but you would not listen. Instead, you rebelled against the command of the Lord and acted presumptuously and went up into the hill country. The Amorites, who lived in that hill country, came out against you and chased you as bees do and crushed you from Seir to Hormah. Then you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord did not listen to your voice, nor give ear to you. So you remained in Kadesh many days, and the days that you spent there. I love this. It's a picture of a father. It's a relationship thing. Tried to give you a blessing. I wanted you to go into the promised land. You wouldn't do what I said. You were actually the opposite, right? I was just going to send you in the wilderness, and then you take up and do 
exactly what I tell you not to do. You're disobedient. And here's a Heavenly Father that loves them. And He spanks them. He doesn't let them get away with that disobedience. And they come back just like a child. And they cry. And they give ear to Him. But they have to continue in this for the next 40 years before the blessing comes up again to the next generation, not to them themselves. I think there's a change of heart in the next generation. Even though they may have seen some of it as children, the blessings and the miracles, there's a change of heart that go forth and they trust Him and they they have to trust Him because they do run into larger people. For us here at the Disciple Center, there's been changes, I know. And I look at, for me, and how we were just... um, for myself and my family, how I've grown in the faith and in the knowledge of the Lord by reading not just the Torah, but the Gospels, but by understanding this piece, this becomes richer to me in the Gospels because I understand the in-between scenarios and know what the children of God have went through. I strive not to make the same mistakes, but I trust in Him and through the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, I can walk in faith and not by sight, and grow in His ways. And I know that's exactly what we do here. We are a different type of congregation within the Southern Baptist community, for sure. We're a different type of congregation within the UMJC, for sure. We are Gentiles coming alongside Israel. I've seen some people step away from the Disciple Center four times, Or they're still gone, actually, throughout the past years. And they leave thinking that, you know, maybe they moved away, which is different, but some have stepped away and actually um, time, different things pull them away. Kids, I know I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to Dr. Stokes' series on different struggles in life and how sometimes you can be pulled away from the church. But I also have was talking to my mom over the past week when she was there helping with with the new baby and she was talking about a disappointment with one of her friends and how the family used to go to church but they didn't raise their kids in the church and I say whenever you don't raise your kids in the church the foundation's not there they don't know right from wrong they have to come up with it on their own you see in Deuteronomy it's summarizing what the larger book says That's why I always tell people, read Deuteronomy at least. If you're not going to go through any other book in the Torah, read Deuteronomy. It's so rich in the faith. See, we need that. And I don't want my kids growing up. I I love the fact I grew up in the church and that I was blessed to know God and follow Christ at such a young age. But I want them to know even more than I know. And so... I want to thank you guys for your continued support and for continuing to worship with us here at the Disciple Center. And for those who come on occasions, like my mom, she, she gets she's so blessed when she comes here because she says it, it's a different type of worship. And I know that it brings, she, she's even told me, it brings this gospel to life when we're going through it and doing it. And so our children are going to grow up doing it. They're going to have a different type of knowledge than we do. And hopefully that conforms their hearts even more than our own towards the kingdom. 
So as we go through Deuteronomy, we're going to see and reflect on what God has done, and I encourage you to reflect on what God has done for you guys personally um, over the years as we go through this book, because we do have Dr. Stokes' teaching and how to apply it, um, but we need to take some time and reflect back on what God has done for us. So let's um, go to the Lord in prayer now.